Hey guys, uh, this is Chris. And this is David. And uh, we are here to introduce you to our first mini-series. It is our Commissioner Candidate mini-series. And we are here to talk to you a little bit real quick about what you're about to listen to. Right. So this episode that you're about to listen to is the candidates that are running for the district one spot on the commission. Uh, You can think of it kind of as your local congressman. Uh, In this episode, in no particular order, you will hear Mr. Michael Thurman. You will hear Dr. Vaughn Pouncey. And I will say all people that you've heard in this episode will be qualified come voting day. They will be on your ballot. So we have five individuals running for District 1. Five total candidates. Correct. And the way that we contacted them was we um, sent them all the same email, a personal email, and four out of the five reached out to us with open arms with being a part of this podcast. So one was not on this podcast, but that person is still running they just were not on this podcast. And, and specifically Dolly Jones Frazier. There was no reason, just no response. So we moved on with it. Um, that being said. So essentially what we did is we brought as many commissioner candidates, and you'll see this also for districts three, five, seven, and super district nine as we continue this. Um, we brought them into our studio to ask each one of them the same seven questions. And our goal is that hopefully by the end of this episode, by the end of each set of questions, you guys at home will get to know each candidate a little bit better and you'll be able to make the most informed decision possible. So those of you that don't know, District 1 is downtown area and it is also, it, it encompasses east side of Augusta. So um, that being said, we want to shout out our big sponsor for this mini series, Second City Distilling Company. And uh, thank you for letting us use your space as a form and place to have this interview. Thank you. Those of you that listen to our show normally, this is going to be a different format. There is zero conversation. We ask the question, our candidate answers, and we move on to the next question. Because we are formal and we are great pundits. Yes. So enjoy the show and uh, let us know what you think on our Facebook or Instagram. And David, without further ado, here's the show. Here we go. So we're here today yes. with a District 1 candidate for commissioner. Uh, last time we recorded, I forgot the word candidate, which is a really important word with what yeah. we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, today we're here with Michael Thurman. We are at Second City Distillery. We are not drinking, although we would love to be. Uh, And we're going to talk to him about his run for office. Yes. And as before, these are the same questions that we asked um, our last candidate. Every candidate gets exactly the same question. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Michael Thurman, candidate for District 1 Commissioner. Fantastic. Uh, Tell us about yourself relating to the city of Augusta. And tell us why you decided to run for commissioner of District 1. Well, uh, I'm uh, 49 years old. 
I have three children, two five-year-old boys and a nine-year-old, excuse me, 11-year-old daughter. Uh, Time flies. It does. It does. Uh, I have been married to my wife for 17 years, and uh, Augusta's my home. I was born in South Augusta, raised, uh, went to Butler High School, uh, Augusta College, and I have, since the age of 18, been buying dilapidated homes and making them places to be proud of again. And I want to uh, do my best to help Augusta in that, because that's one of the biggest problems, especially in District 1, is the dilapidated houses. Hmm. Got it. Question number two, for those of you that have already fallen behind. (laughs) How long have you lived in District 1? And I believe you've already answered that, but how long have you lived in District 1? And what are your favorite places to spend time with yourself, family, friends here in Augusta? In District 1, I moved to about 2003, so that'd be about about 17 years. Couple couple years. Uh, But I've always been in Augusta, as I said earlier. Right. Uh, I spend a lot of time downtown. Nacho Mama's is one of my favorite places to eat. Uh, a lot of time on the Riverwalk. We take the kids down there to uh, to walk, and we love turtles. And occasionally, we get to see some turtles <laughs> along there. Uh, Beamies is also another place that we enjoy eating at. Uh, I just like walking around downtown and looking at the uh, the old buildings. There's so yeah. much potential in them if we can just get more people interested in moving to Augusta instead of moving away from Augusta, which is what's been happening for the last 40-plus years. Right. Wow. The private sector in Augusta is, is a really big part of what's going on, and it's having a large impact on the downtown area, as, as we've all seen. Um, but the private sector also can't do everything by itself. And so do you plan to work with the private sector, if elected, uh, and use any elements of that to your advantage? And how would you work with local businesses? Uh, well, I believe the private sector is the best tool that we have that is so seldomly used. Augusta has been uh, spending a lot of money in downtown, especially in the Laney Walker area, building houses and uh, providing them to low-income people. But they have not invited uh, other builders to come and build market-rate houses. And there is a great need for low-income housing, and we want to continue doing that. But alongside of that, we definitely need to bring market rate. So what I want to do and what I've already done as a candidate and before I've, I've decided to run is to talk to builders that are building in other, other counties and tell them that Augusta's changing that there is a huge demand, as you see with all the different apartment complexes being built down here. Yeah. There's a huge demand right. for uh, for single-family homes. And the uh, land bank has over 500 uh, parcels sitting there waiting for people to, to come and purchase, along with thousands of dilapidated homes and empty lots that are just all over District 1, just waiting for people to come and, and make them a viable uh, tax base again. Got it. So it sounds like you want to focus especially in real estate and developing real estate. That is just one of uh, many things that I want to do. Uh, there, our river is a fantastic resource, and I really want to promote doing more with the uh, trails and so forth that we have down near I-20. So there's an old fish hatchery beside Riverwatch Parkway 
that just has a lot of land, water. I'm told there's great fish in there. Somebody told me they uh, just the other day that they caught uh, a third of a pound shy of uh, record of fish there uh, about nine or ten years ago. So that's not well known. There's Mm -hmm. the tire swing that I've uh, noticed when I was on a boat a few years ago that people sometimes used to to jump into the river for swimming. There's just a lot of things that if if people knew, then uh, they would would come down and and visit Augusta. Got it. We've also got bars, restaurants, only a few that I've mentioned. Uh, There is a neighborhood close to uh, the river down in the just below East Boundary that mm-hmm. is about 75% abandoned homes, but it's right alongside the river. So it's prime for a developer to come in and uh, just do a massive redo. And uh, looking forward to that happening along with just uh, keeping the people who are here here. And by doing that, we need to freeze property taxes because with a lot of the new building, we're going to have to uh, uh raise things are naturally going to um, go up in value Mm -hmm. so we want to make sure that the people who have been here 30 40 50 60 years aren't priced out gentrification is often thrown around as a bad word but it can be a good thing if it's uh if it's molded if somebody's in charge of it and Mm -hmm. i've talked with the uh, tax assessor's office and there are laws on the books that will allow us to uh, to freeze the taxes so that someone with a $75,000 house who's used to paying a certain amount on taxes, when all of a sudden they build two and $300,000 houses in that neighborhood, their taxes don't go through the roof and they can no longer afford to stay here. Got it. All right. Question number four. Knowing the structure of how the current commission works, teamwork is essential to create positive growth. What do you think you will bring to the table? Well, I uh, came up with an idea the other day of a good example of of Richmond County uh, Commission. If you look up there, half of them are wearing Georgia Bulldog jerseys and the other half are wearing Gamecock jerseys. They feel like they're on separate teams fighting, fighting a fight, playing a game against each other. And I think that with the right motivation, we can... Uh, hypothetically, all go to Wild Wings, take off our jerseys, sit back and enjoy the game and talk about our families, talk about our lives, humanize each other so that the issues that so strongly divide us, we will realize that they are act- we actually have a lot more in common. But we're pitted against each other, like the jersey uh, analogy. Um, and it just it doesn't need to be that way. We're all human beings. So most of us have or have had children, um, have lived in the area for a long time, and we want growth, but just have seen the city through different eyes. And I think if we just sit down and share stories of past, share stories of future, rather than just coming out on the floor and uh, learning things and acting on them immediately there, 
think we just need to humanize things a lot more and uh, talk. So I'm planning on spending uh, at least 25% of my salary just taking people to lunch, uh, whether it be other commissioners, department heads, uh, leaders in the community. So we can do a lot of talking before things get up in front of the commission so that uh, I know the name of my colleagues' children. I've met their wife. Maybe I even know their brother and sister. And that way, uh, we don't let emotions get involved so much. We realize humanity and the fact that on most things, I think we would agree more if we just knew each other better. Got it. Thank you. So the population of Augusta is obviously changing. Um, Jobs are changing. Millennials are taking over. Uh, A lot of old things about the city are changing and leaving. The average taxpayer downtown is between the ages of 26 to 35 years old. Do you feel you have a connection with that age group? And what is it that you would do to benefit that group of people? Well, I think one of the biggest things I'm going to do to benefit them is bring jobs to the community. I want to focus with the private sector and public sector because we've got the uh, the cyber command and that's bringing jobs. But trying to motivate the owners of some of these buildings that they've owned for 20, 30 plus years to sell, to allow other people to invest and bring opportunities for small shops or more restaurants, or we're in a a microbrewery here, um, to do more of that, I think will greatly increase uh, the desire for downtown. It'll give them more things to do. So many people feel like there's little to do in Augusta and oftentimes they will go to other towns for their fun. Columbia's an hour away, Atlanta's two hours away, Savannah's two and a half hours away. And it's great that Augusta is located so close to these spots, but there's so much potential from the river to uh, there, there's talk of a zip line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Sean Franham project. Yeah. <laughs> we want to... Uh, I'd love to see him going on a zip line though. They're going to be redoing the 13th Street Bridge. So walking yeah. back and forth to there is going to greatly open up Augusta mm-hmm. because it's another state and it, there's an imaginary wall in the middle of the river and people sometimes just don't cross it but uh, even now we get a lot of traffic from the ballpark being in North Augusta because there's mm-hmm. so few restaurants there but we have many downtown mm-hmm. and I'd really like to start uh, some type of shuttle service uh, someone just did last week so expand upon that to make sure that they go to North Augusta so people can park downtown mm-hmm. and go over there for the ball game and come back or reverse park over there because now they've got multiple parking decks yeah. come downtown for dinner okay. go back to the ball game I mean just but we've got to think outside the box and unfortunately <clears throat> Historically, the people who have been commissioners uh, have climbed a ladder and gotten the the nod from previous uh, politicians that it's their turn, or uh, they've just uh, retired from their job and they have no uh, experience in running a big business, which government is, so that uh, there's just a lot of reactionary decisions rather than uh, active decision-making. And so I really want to do a lot more of that. And I guess I got off topic a little bit, but that'll, uh, it'll greatly, uh, it'll 
as your term is, it should take the dis out of disgust. Nice. There you go. I like that. Nice tie-in. Yeah. So this question is a little bit more fun. Okay. Well, thinking outside the box. Um, if the commission received a $1 million grant to use on the city any way you wanted, what would you do? A $1 million grant. <laughs> downtown Augusta. I think what I would do is uh, the river is the greatest resource for downtown. It truly is. And so I would probably do something with the in collaboration with some of the organizations that are river friendly and see about doing some more with the trails and signage and so forth in, in the area of the uh, hiking and biking and canoeing because that's a gold mine just sitting there. So low hanging fruit. Right. So a million dollars would do a huge, huge amount to making that accessible for uh, handicapped people. It would go a long way for uh, promoting. There's places to swim there. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. been to some of those, but it's, it's don't get him started about outdoor stuff. Don't. <laughs> but it's it's the again low hanging fruit. It's it's super easy for for Augusta to do that. We just have to uh, be motivated and uh, think outside the box. Proactive instead of reactive. Got it. So this last question is not a political question. This is a personal question. So our podcast is Drop the Diss, and we ask every guest, no matter what capacity they come on, what dropping the diss from Augusta means to them personally. And so we want to hear from you what dropping the disc from this city means to you. Okay, well, that's that's the reason I'm running. Uh, and it was interesting when I got your, your text about uh, your name because it's been called that for so long. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons. We've got a fairly high crime rate compared to some of the uh, surrounding counties, but we also are the urban center for the surrounding counties. So what we need to do is beautification, but unification as well. There's so much, so many groups that do repetitive things. And there's actually a, uh, a group that's gotten together, Continuum of Care, and they are trying to get together so they don't do so much repetitive things for the homeless and the, the needy. And I think we need to do that with a lot of our other agencies. You've got... Uh, Friends of the River, you've got the Riverkeeper, and then you've got uh, Friends of the Canal, and you've got several different ones. But I think if we could merge some of their their uh, deeds, that we could we could get a lot more done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we we need to change the way people view Augusta. We've got to clean up the abandoned buildings. If nothing else, maybe some facade grants, which that million dollars you spoke of earlier, maybe we can take a couple hundred of that and and put on uh, the face of some of these buildings that just look really bad. Or another idea, hold the people accountable who own those buildings and make sure that they at least have the outside looking attractive so that it doesn't run people off. Uh, work with the sheriff's office. We have a lot of homeless people. Uh, speaking with the sheriff personally a week ago, uh, some of the people have come from Savannah. from uh, They were bust here because of the hurricanes, and they didn't go back. Uh, some of the people uh, just falling down on their luck. Others just want don't want to follow any set of rules. And the only way to do that is to be out on the street. So we've got to uh, find a place to help these people 
and motivate them to not uh, be on the streets, but to be, if not an active part of society, at least not a negative uh, sign of Augusta. We don't want to run them off. We don't want to hurt them. We want to help them, and we want to do it in a positive way. Uh, we're already getting spending twenty-something million dollars on the new Broad Street in uh, Green Street. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, just improving Augusta, the way it looks, the way the people react to each other. In District One, there's uh, also an invisible wall between East Boundary. Uh, on east and west side of that street, you've got two different towns. Old towns, older, beautiful homes, and east of that are uh, there are some dilapidated neighborhoods, but there are also some neighborhoods that are well kept, but people don't know about it because the areas around them are dilapidated. So when I was running the last time, uh, going in there, knocking on doors, and seeing how some of these people in east. Eastview, which I was always told, be careful going out there. I got nothing but smiles and welcomes. Uh, mm. So finding a reason to for people to go over to that side of town and see some of the things that were there. There were some old houses that unfortunately have fallen down uh, in that area. Uh, so they're no longer there, but there were quite a few reasons in the past to go there. And I think with several of the uh, different factories opening back up, uh, talk of, uh, I think uh, Bill Fenoy was talking about growing marijuana in some of the fields out there. <laughs> uh, there there's just, there's so many things that, that we can do, but the main thing is uh, reputation. Augusta's reputation has to be changed, and it has to be changed for the better. And uh, my biggest idea, which I probably should have answered this in one of the earlier questions, so you can move it to that if you like, uh, low-hanging fruit to improve Augusta would be that businesses coming and wanting to build, take, for example, the hotel they just built on Broad Street. Yeah. They had plans to be done in February. They weren't even complete by masters. They were able to get a couple floors done, but it's because city departments held them up. One department would say one thing, another department would say another. So if we could get Augusta's private sector working more with the public sector. So one of the big ideas is getting a, a citizen's advisory board. We can't fix the past, but we can learn from it. So I want to get uh, some of the engineers and architects who worked on different projects to explain how the city slowed them down. Have meetings with the city to see how we can keep that happening in the future. Because if a chain comes to Augusta, and they're able to build it quicker, cheaper, because Augusta's working with them and not throwing up roadblocks, then that's gonna get out and another chain may come or another small business and all of a sudden everybody's being told, well, Augusta may have a little more of a crime rate, but wow, they're easy to work with. Well, there may be some abandoned buildings, but they work with you to, to find the owners, to, to acquire the property. They they are diligent about making your, your move to Augusta as easy as possible. Then... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a game changer. And it's not, you can't paint every building downtown. Mm -hmm. You can't get rid of every homeless person, not get rid of, you can't help every homeless person uh, to uh, have a place to live. There's a lot of things you can't do all at once. But simplifying uh, something like building a, a property, opening a business, making it quick and easy for people, 
people want to decide whether they want to go to North Augusta or Augusta. If it's quicker, easier, and cheaper to come to Augusta, they're going to do it. It's mm, definitely true. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> the voice you've been hearing is Michael Thurman, candidate for Commissioner of District 1. You can learn more about him at his website. Yes, it's right here. Tell us your information. Oh, yeah, I'll read it. Sorry. So make sure I've been thinking so much. My head's uh, so it's a uh, Thurman for District the Number One dot com or Facebook at Thurman for District the Number One. And I see you have on these these cards you've given us. You have a cell phone number. Is that something that you want us to to, to blast? Absolutely, yes. Okay. 706-461-8163. You can give me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I have an office that uh, you can uh, visit me at as well. Uh, we don't have to meet at the commission chambers. You don't have to wait for me to get off work at my other job because I don't have one. Uh, you just come make an appointment for the office or I meet you at your office, but only together can we get things done. And uh, my motto is, uh, well done is better than well said. And that's because I have been doing for over 30 years. I don't just talk the talk, I have been walking the walk. Once again, the voice you just heard was the voice of Mr. Michael Thurman running for commissioner of district one. Coming up next, we've got Dr. Von Pouncey, who is also running for Commissioner of District 1. series candidate mini series uh, we are here with um, Dr. Von Pouncey and uh, if you would please say your name and, and you're running for commissioner of district one. of district one which yes. is where we're recording this episode yes, excellent and we have seven questions to ask you um, and answer them however you would like and hopefully uh, both us and our listeners have gotten to know you a little bit better by the time we finish Great. yeah Great. so we'll go ahead and jump right into this okay. um, you're running for commissioner of district one so so before we go any further why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself relating to the city of Augusta and then why you decided to run for commissioner of district one okay i'll tell you the most important thing um in my mind as it relates to running in this race in augusta i was born and raised in district one so i was born in allen homes um, after several years i ended up living on 13th street but i've always lived in this district worked in this district and given back to this district and that's what i think is the most important thing to know about me as it relates to augusta why am i running it's the oddest, uh, oddest thing, to be quite honest with you. I ended up breaking several toes on Labor Day, and it restricted my ability to drive because I had to get a boot. And I ended up shopping in my district for groceries. So I ended up shopping at Family Dollar, Dollar General, and gas stations. It's tough to shop for groceries it's in District very 1. very tough, very tough. But after two months of that, it, it gets, goes beyond tough to just outright, uh, in my mind, it was unacceptable. So that motivated me to look into the situation 
and figure out if there was anything that could be done. And I did like most people, I decided to look to my leadership and I did a presentation to them. And I just wasn't very happy with the answers that I got. I was sitting at a table with commissioners and I was being told about a very good long-term plan. Don't get me wrong, it's a very good long-term plan. But I was also being told why we can't fix this problem right now. And so I decided that the best thing that I could do for my district was to stay at that table, continue to be at that table, to start the conversations that will get us to a goal that's more immediate. If you would, maybe a short-term temporary plan. So I actually am choosing to run because I know the district. I have, um, I don't know, I guess I would say suffered through some of the struggles that people do go through in this district but I've also been able to capitalize on some of the great opportunities in this district. And I feel we need someone that can speak to all levels of um, life and equity. Got it. Thank you. So you answered a little bit of question number two. Okay. Um, the beginning. But that's of, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm the, always worried. <laughs> no, uh, some of these questions do run into each other a little bit. But uh, question number two is, how long have you lived in District One, and what are your favorite places that you like to go to in the city? What do you like to do here? So I, I would say, twenty-two years. I'm forty-eight. I don't mind disclosing. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I've been in District 1 for 22 years. As, 22 as far years. as living. There was a break in there where I lived in Martinez, mm -hmm. and now I'm back in District 1. Okay. Um, what are the things I like to do in District 1? And I have to be honest with you. Growing up in District 1 as a single parent did not leave me a lot of time to get out and enjoy all the sights. Most of my time has been spent as a single parent trying to overcome some obstacles that were in my way. Um, trying to educate myself. I went to school for 12 years to earn this PhD, and I was raising my two children. Most times I was working a full-time job or two part-time jobs, so I was in the classroom trying to get education. I like the library. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of time in the library, of course, because I was doing research for my dissertation, and I published some articles before. I like art. So for me, I spent a lot of time out there on the Riverwatch. I am a, um, I enjoy nature. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the things like the sunrise and the sunset, the things that aren't really manipulated, but they just unfold on their own. So I guess my most favorite place to be right now in Augusta would be, if not in a coffee shop, it would definitely be um, over here on Riverwatch. This view that we have right now is just gorgeous. Things like that really inspire me. Thank you. Beautiful. And and actually, so speaking of this view, you know, we're in a big, big office building. There's tons of corporations here. I just dropped my phone. Uh, we all heard it. We all heard it. Um, but, but the private sector, that's what we're really in right now. The private sector is making a, a pretty positive impact downtown. But we've also seen in the future that the private sector can't produce sustained longevity without the support of local government. Uh, do you plan to work with the private sector and, and how would you work with local businesses to grow downtown? And so let me back into that answer. What is most important to me as we talk about working with the private sector or infrastructure or economic opportunity is us making sure that we connect with the people and we put the pathways in place for everyone to be able to seize the opportunities. So I definitely believe that we need to have a foundation in place that starts with the people because whomever is here 
these are the people that need to have access to whatever their service is, but also to work within those areas. So we talk about local businesses. Who all has the ability to have access to whatever those opportunities are as it relates to getting funding or being able to get the right location or then yes, have the people working within your organization that actually live within this district and can represent this district the best. So my approach with local business would be just that. I would like to go to our local business people and first ask them to share with us um, how they were able to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Because if you're a local business, it's all about um, supporting the local community. So working with them, finding out what they consider to be the weak areas that we need to develop up and that we need to give more opportunities in, but also allowing them to get back to the community and show others that are trying to uh, take advantage of the same things that they've been able to take advantage of, showing us how to do those things, teaching the community as well. A collaborative relationship. Got it. Excellent. So uh, question number four, knowing the structure of how the current commission works, um, teamwork is essential. Yes. And um, to create positive growth, what do you think you will bring to the table? That is a very good question. It is exactly the question that I asked most of the commissioners before I decided to run. For me, this decision to run was one that had to be carefully contemplated. And maybe because I am from the business world, I wanted to make sure that I was joining a team that one would be receptive of me, but that also would share with me what they thought the things were that they needed to do to, to become more effective or to, to, to shore themselves up. And so that was a conversation with commissioners. Listen, um, I want to be a part of the commission. Can you tell me what are the things that you think your commission needs? Because I want to make sure that I can add value and bring things to the table. And so based on the feedback that I received, it does seem like someone that likes to make decisions based on data, someone that's not afraid to do research, that likes to connect with people, that believes in communicating, and that knows how to make hard decisions would be someone that would add value. And I'm that person. I'm that person in the fact that as a professor for the last 15 years, as I've stood before my students, I've had to make sure that research, staying credentialed, staying aware of the industry that I was teaching within, which is business, was something that I always had as a part of who I was. I'm also that person because I'm not afraid to say what I mean and mean what I say. And I know for some people it can be hard to have these types of conversations, but right is right and wrong is wrong. And data is data, and history is history. Mm -hmm. And when you make decisions based on those facets, it's a very easy conversation to have when you're being honest and transparent with people and you're saying, here's what history shows me, and here's what the data, not statistics, but mm -hmm. the raw data shows me. Mm -hmm. And empirical numbers, is, it's just the truth. And then when you have a conversation on those guidelines, it's very easy to say, so unfortunately, I may not be able to support this, but then luckily I can support this. I think that's needed on the commission and I think I'll bring that to it. What, what did you teach? I everything business, diversity, <clears throat> HR. Got it. Uh, uh, finance, just anything that it would take to get a business degree. Okay. Ethics, conflict resolution. So, so. Talking about numbers, then yes. you you know this. The population of Augusta is is dramatically changing right now. Um, the jobs are changing. Millennials are coming in. All the older things about the city are changing quickly. Really, 
Uh, the average taxpayer downtown Augusta is between 26 and 35 years old. Do you feel you have a connection with that demographic? And, and what ideas to improve Augusta, and specifically District 1, do you have for those people? Do I think I have a connection? I do. I have a 20-year-old daughter at Kennesaw State University, and I have a 30-year-old daughter as well. Um, I have had to learn how to toggle them because we have a generational gap here between mm -hmm. the two of them. And I learned how to toggle my conversations and my mindset and my expectations uh, when talking with each of them because they're bringing different things to the table. I have one daughter that doesn't really write a lot of stuff down. Everything goes at her phone. But then I have another daughter that just lives life and kind of in a day-by-day -day, um, way. So I think it's good for people that are older, like me, to have exposure to those elements because I know for me it shows me two things. It shows me how far I need to go because the world is changing, it's not going to wait on me and I need to learn how to adapt and put on with it. But then it also shows me how, how far I've already come. So what can I offer for those people? To be heard, freedom, um, we judge. But we all do it. Instinctively, we all, maybe within the first five minutes of meeting someone, we form a judgment about them. Mm -hmm. It's just inherent to who we are. But I'm open to changing that judgment. I'm open to saying to myself, wow, when I first looked at you, I thought this. But as I talk to you, I'm getting a totally different impression. We have something to learn from every generation. They will teach us something, and we can teach them something. So what I have for them is a seat at the table. I'm asking to be at the table, but you know what? We need to all be at the table. We've got to be collective. There's room, there's enough room for us all. So what I have for them is an open mind, a seat at the table, and I will look for the value in everything they say because there is value in everything that everyone has to say. You just have to be able to receive it when it's being presented. Mm, got it. Thank you. Question number six. Okay. We're almost really? there. We're almost oh, yeah. done. We're wow. almost done. Easy Add peasy. More. You're Add doing more. great. <laughs> <laughs> so question number six is kind of thinking outside the box. Okay. I love this question. Um, if the commission received a $1 million grant, a $1 million grant to use on the city any way you wanted, when we say city, all districts, any way you wanted, well, what would you do with it and why? I would, because we have food deserts in every district, I would definitely work towards eliminating that. Now, and when you say out of the box, that I'm not taking the approach of, which is a, which I do understand that you have to build it and they will come. I understand that. And again, we have a long-term plan in place mm -hmm. right now. But I need immediate solutions, okay? Mm -hmm. So I would find some creative immediate solution to eliminate how many food deserts we have. There are two things you can do. You can take the people to the food or bring the food to the people. I'm just gonna keep that simple. Got it. I would also work on improving our transit system. Mm -hmm. So I'm fortunate enough to have a car now, but there were many years in my life when I did not. And there are so many complexities that come into play that I'm not sure everybody thinks about when you're just trying to get to work, but now you have to have gas money for someone, you have to accommodate their schedule. If you have children, that complicates the situation. And if the only person available is on the other side of town, I mean, those are just things that 
When you don't have a car, you think about maybe three times a day getting to work and then getting home. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely find a way to improve that system. But lastly, I would definitely work to improve the condition of the standard of living for our senior citizens. Now, I was raised by a village. Um, I became a ward of the court at the age of five. I was emancipated at 16. It is the elderly in the community that helped me redirect and focus my life, and they have done their part. Mm-hmm. So we need to do our part, and we need to improve the conditions of their lives. I see senior citizens walking down Walton Way and in other districts trying to get to pharmacy, trying to get access, access to food. We can do better. We should respect them. We have one more question for you. So this is a question we ask everybody who comes on the show. The name of the show is Drop the Diss. And and that's because (laughs) our goal is to drop any diss that anybody would have on the CSRA in the city of Augusta. If somebody was to come up to you dissing the city of Augusta, what would your response be to that person? No violence. Because the answer to this question is also the answer of why I think I'm the most qualified person to be the commissioner for District 1. It's like anything. When you're on the outside looking in, when you're not walking that mouth in someone's shoes, sometimes your perspective is skewed. So my first response would be, okay, so you have some negativity about the city of Augusta. What's that based on? Is it based on the experience you've had as someone that's living within the city? Or is it based on something you've heard? Or is it based on what you think you see? Because if you're just riding down our streets, depending on what street you ride down, right. you will get a perception, but is it the right one? Is it that maybe you feel that people aren't trying to have a better life? Because if, if that's your perception, what's that based on? Because you're probably not the one that's making the phone calls they're trying to make to get access to resources. Or you're probably not the one that's trying to, again, find a way to get to the job. Or you maybe you're not the one that has been rehabilitated, but society is still putting up these invisible barriers of perception that will allow you to progress forward. Or are you basing that on the fact that you see light? Are you basing that on the fact that you, know, you think that people have abandoned certain locations? But what was the cause of that? Is it that people are leaving because they don't like the area? Or is it that people are leaving because they have no other option? And what is feeding into that? Every person in this city that is homeless has a story. It is not that a person decides to be homeless. Most times it is a decision, a mistake, or some situation unfortunate that happened to them and it has totally changed their life. And whether we think they should be doing more, or whether we think that they're being lazy or there's more opportunity or they could go and work at a fast food restaurant, we, we just don't know. We haven't walked a mile in that person's shoes. So if you want to come and disinvest, specifically my district, as someone that's lived within it, my question would be, really? And what are you basing that on? So I feel like I'm the most qualified candidate for District 1 because I've lived within District 1. I've suffered, I've struggled, but I've also enjoyed many blessings within this district. This district broke me, but it also built me. I've walked a mile in many of the shoes that these people wear. 
So I've been over here needing access to resources and not being able to get them. Mm -hmm. I've been over here as a single parent that probably couldn't make fair decisions. But I've also been in a boardroom. I've run a university. I've had a view like this before. And I can talk to it all. And I can find a way for us to meet in the middle. That's what I would say to anyone who's trying to diss Augusta, but specifically my district. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and we have one more section. This isn't a question, but... Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, if How might the people that are listening, how might they get in touch with you? you got a website, an I email, do. a phone number. And then, and then after you kind of give us some of that, please take this time to shout out anybody that you'd like to. People that have helped you with this, okay. pe- you know, people open. in your life. Yeah, cool. This is your chance. So my website is uh, electvonpouncy.com. My and that's P O U N C E Y Von yes. Pouncy. You let Von Pouncy. Got it. V O N. V O N. Okay. Got it. That is my website, and you'll find there more of my background, my history, uh, and the things that I'm very passionate about. I have a. Um, I'll do that on the back end. Um, to reach me is seven zero six eight seven seven. Five nine five five, and that is my personal cell phone number. I'm very hands-on in this campaign. By design, I've kept the team pretty small, so there's me, my campaign manager, he is attorney Charles Lyons, but if I'm not doing something or he's not doing something, then it just may not be getting done. <laughs> you can make a donation either through my website or you can cash it at me at uh, Friends of On Pouncy, or you can Give me a call and I'll tell you where to go to check. My campaign headquarters is 336 Taylor Street, Augusta, Georgia. Got it. And any shout outs? Yeah, I want to give a shout out, but it's probably not going to be along the thread that you all think it should be. That's okay. You do you. Let me just first say this. Uh, I have to give a shout out to my campaign manager, attorney Charles Lyons, because I love the fact that um, every time I turn around, when I need him, he's there. But he also allows me the freedom to make decisions and stand on my own. I'm a very mm. independent person. And so he seems to be able to gauge when I need to do it on my own, but then when I need him to be there. Here's my shout out. I have a nonprofit. It's called Vons Village. And what we do is we advocate and fundraise and train foster parents and foster children. We just had our first event here in Augusta at the Croc Center last Saturday. That's very That's cool. That's incredible. I know, right? So we started in Hall County. We then went to Forsyth County, and this weekend we broke uh, we broke ground here in Richmond County. My shout out is to everyone that came for free and helped. I had friends volunteering to watch the children. I had uh, Judge Spencer come and talk about juvenile court. I had uh, Jay from Sparks uh, Initiative come and mentor with the children, but. The fellowshipping and the love that is spread within the, the, the room. When you see these people come in, out of the kindness of their heart, and they're choosing to make a contribution to society by choosing to take in children that are not their own, the heart that they have to have to do that to stick with it. As someone that grew up in a system, for me, it is so critically important to make sure that they understand how priceless what they are doing. I am a product. Uh, someone choosing to open up their home and allow me to come in. And I have to give a shout out to every single foster parent in the city of Augusta, Richmond County, actually in this world. Mm. It's a very big thing that they do. 
Oh yeah, definitely. As a teacher, I definitely see it, and I'm thankful for those foster parents. Yes. 100%. And we're very thankful for you. Uh, the person is Dr. Von Pouncey. She's running for commissioner of District 1, that's downtown Augusta. You know her website, you have her phone number, get in touch with her. Thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Once again, that was Dr. Vaughn Pouncey and Michael Thurman. Uh, they are both running for commissioner of District 1, and this concludes the first episode of our commission highlight series. Uh, we will be dropping a second episode in your feed soon, which will be part two of the District 1 commissioners. Uh, next week, we will have District 3. After that, we will also have District 5, 7, and 9, so look out for all of that. Uh, if you guys like what we're doing, if you think this is a cool mini series, if you have an idea about somebody that we might want to interview uh, or a cool mini series idea, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Instagram at Drop the Disc Podcast or Drop the Disc Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and please make sure you rate or review the show. Thank you so much.